This is the Mercy Talk podcast. Mercy Talk is brought to you by Mercy Multiplied. We exist to encourage, equip, and empower both men and women with the same biblically-based principles we've seen work for over 35 years in our residential homes. If you want to find out more, head on over to mercymultiplied.com. Well, hey there, Mercy Talk listeners. Rachel here. Wanted to just give you a brief heads up about the episode you're about to hear. You know, last year we recorded this episode for National Eating Disorder Awareness Week. And this year we wanted to make you aware of this resource once again. You'll notice that the dates are different, you know, last year compared to this year, but we still wanted to bring attention to this very important conversation. And if you've been around Mercy for a while, then you know we are big believers in addressing the root issue, the belief, the agreement, rather than just the visible behaviors of a life-controlling issue, whether that's an eating disorder or addiction or self-harm or whatever it may be. So you'll hear Brooke address this in the episode, along with the importance of inner healing, as well as helpful ways to start hard conversations with those who are struggling. We also wanted to remind you that there are additional resources you can find on our website. So you can find the Mercy Multiplied Center for Wellness and Counseling and the actual application process for applying to one of our Mercy homes at www.mercymultiplied.com. You can head to our website and find out more information about both of those there. And while this is certainly not an exhaustive discussion on this topic, we do pray it's a starting point for you or someone you love to find hope and healing in Jesus Christ. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to this very special episode of Mercy Talk. We are kind of dropping in a one-off episode, if you will, um, during this specific week um, because we wanted to talk about something that we feel really passionate about that we see a lot um, in our residential program here at Mercy, and that is um, eating disorders. And the reason that we wanted to do that today is because this week, um, which happens to be February 24th, through March 1st is National Eating Disorder Awareness Week. And so we just, um, in light of that, wanted to hop on here for a few minutes just to share some encouragement, some insight, and just um, really shed some light on some ways that you can either find hope and freedom for yourself if it's something that you struggle with, or you can help someone who is struggling themselves. So I am here with Rachel Thomas and Brooke Heels, and we are just going to share a few thoughts. And Brooke... We're going to be leaning heavily on you on this one. We don't even try to act like we're experts in things that we're not experts in, but you, my friend, are. Well, so, yes. Glad you're here. (laughs) Really glad you're here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But with that being said, Brooke, would you just maybe, before we jump into anything, give um, just a clear definition of what an eating disorder is? I will give you... The DSM definition oh boy. of what an eating, so I don't know how clear it is, <laughs> um, but I think it'll speak to kind of what we'll talk about later. So yeah, I will read. So this is uh, in the DSM-5, which is, you know, the manual that we use to diagnose. Yeah, what's DSM for okay. anybody who's like Diagnostic <laughs> and Statistical Manual, 5th edition, um, for those of you that are still using the three, and anybody gets that joke, we can be friends. Um, anyway. <laughs> We're just staring so, at you. So, yeah. Like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool. That was just for me and that one person out there. Um, <laughs> no, but so yeah, so this is the definition for that. So the DSM is what physicians and psychologists and psychiatrists, counselors use to um, you know, basically communicate. So we're saying if somebody has a diagnosis in here, they meet a certain criteria to be diagnosed that. And, you know, in a world where one, we are overly diagnosed, that's true, but also we like to diagnose ourselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you say, you know, I have OCD, I mean, 
did someone tell you that, mm-hmm, like a physician, mm-hmm. or was this, you know, so there are criteria that yeah. you meet, not just because you're really organized and the right. world appreciates <laughs> right, that. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, for those uh, who yeah. can't see it, this book, like, it looks like the it's size like a Bible. of the Bible. Yeah, it's the size like, of the Bible. Yeah, dictionary yes, or yeah. something. It's huge. So, yeah, there's it a is. lot of info. It's on my bookshelf next to the Bible, actually. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so let me get started there. So, feeding. And eating disorders are characterized by a persistent disturbance of eating or eating-related behavior that results in the altered consumption or absorption of food that and that significantly impairs physical health or psychosocial functioning. Diagnostic criteria are provided for PICA, rumination disorder, avoidant restrictive food intake disorder, anorexia nervosa, bulimia nervosa, and binge eating disorder. So some of those you probably have never heard of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there, there is a range, um, of eating disorders. So when we say that, you know, it, it covers a lot of things mm-hmm. and, you know, the most severe being in, in dealing with malnutrition, mm-hmm. psychosocial functioning. If you can imagine if your body doesn't get the nutrition it needs, then not yeah. good things happen. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. for sure. Yeah, no, that's that's super helpful. Um, and I know here at Mercy, and this is one thing that I've loved about being here, is when we talk about roots and behaviors and how you can see all these different types of behaviors, whether it's an eating disorder like what we're talking about today or suicide or depression. But you got to get to the root first. You don't start with just what you see in the outward behavior. So maybe, I don't know, Brooke, you could speak to that a little bit. That has been really eye-opening to me and even dealing with certain struggles I've had in my own life, okay, what is at the source of this? Is it, is it really this behavior? I mean, that is a, a part of the issue, but like, let's get down deeper and see what's really going on. Yeah. I mean, and I think we have to be careful with these sorts of things because of course we don't focus on the behavior, but if, if somebody is malnourished, mm-hmm. sure. yeah. then we have to, fo- right. We have to get you healthy enough to receive inner healing. Sure. Right. Absolutely. So if somebody's struggling with addiction to a substance, Right. You're mm-hmm. not most likely going to find freedom while you're high. Yeah. I'm just, mm-hmm. yep. you know, that might happen somewhere. Uh, I haven't seen it, but that's okay. <laughs> you know, or whatever the thing. So anything that's impairing you physically or, you know, that's important. That, that behavior needs to be adjusted. Um, and so, but yeah, I mean, the root issue at the end of the day, you know, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. A lot of time we talk about a traumatic event that occurs, right? And the, the event is traumatic. It's, it could be a, you know, I'm just going to make something up, an awful car wreck or, you know, Mm -hmm. moment of abuse. And that is bad in and of itself. But the way that it keeps, uh, perseverating in our lives are the agreements we make through that, right? I am not safe. I am not able to be loved. I am not, right? That's where it affects every day afterwards. Mm -hmm. If it was just the event, we could all kind of get through that. But the trauma comes through. Mm -hmm the beliefs that we make in those moments or through that event or how people respond to the event. Mm -hmm. That's a huge thing. I mean, most of the trauma I've seen with, you know, sexual abuse, for example, is not really the event, which is awful. I'm not Mm -hmm. condoning that, but it's how everybody responded to the kid in that process, right? How the most damage, exactly. Mm -hmm. That's where the long lasting damage is. And Mm -hmm. so that's when we talk about the roots or like what, you know, and, and, and at the end of the day, these sorts of things, you know, there's a belief that, well, I just can't help it, but it serves us in some way. And we've all struggled yeah. with a million different things, you know, but it, when we're talking about eating disorders specifically, you know, whether it's control um, of some level, it's a huge piece of yeah. it, you know, whether it's um, and it can be, let me say this, it can be physical, um, 
you know, hormonal stuff. Like it can be at a nutritional level in mm-hmm. the sense of what you're craving, right? If we get into like pica or something like that, we won't go down that road. But, you know, binging and purging and, um, or anorexia, it's, it's a distorted belief of how I look or, you know, that I'm loved or beautiful or the, how people see me. Like everything is through that lens of control or not good enough at mm-hmm. the end of the day. And of course, there's a million other things that come along with mm-hmm. that. Um, and so that's what when we say, but when someone comes into mercy, for example, one, they have to be medically stable. That's really important. Kind of what I talked about. But the other is now we can get into, you know, how did this happen in that way? But we're not talking about how's your food every day. Mm-hmm. We're saying what's going on with you in the Lord, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And I know, yeah. Mel, you, you do a great job talking about that at Empower, right? Mm-hmm. If somebody struggles with drinking and you're walking them to freedom, we're not like, did you drink today? Did you drink today? Did you, you know, mm-hmm. that's a piece of accountability. But the real thing is yeah. like, have you talked to the Lord today? Yeah. Are yep. you, you know, accountable to your AP, you know, accountability mm-hmm. partner? Are you sure. going to church? Are you, doing, you know, does that make sense? Yep. So, yeah. Well, it's been interesting too, just having been here at Mercy for the last few years and realizing... <laughs> I don't know. It almost feels kind of silly to say this, but I think before in my earlier years, especially even in ministry, like I kind of assumed that if someone was struggling with an eating disorder, it was just for like one or two reasons. Like, Mm. and mostly it's probably just girls who really care about what they look like. And so they want to be skinny. Like, and I don't know how prevalent that thought is today. Just, I don't know. I don't know. We're a little more educated, I think as a society, but I think understanding that, I mean, there's, there's, almost always going to be some deep wound or trauma or something like that. That's at the root of this stuff. Not just like some girl wants to be skinny, Sure, you know, and it's not always, I mean, I think there's also a prevalent idea that it's just girls that struggle with eating disorders. Mm. So, um, I just think it's been very interesting for me to, to learn at a greater level in my time here. Um, that man, there's so many different things that have nothing to do with a girl caring about what she looks like Mm. that can be at the root of this. Um, so I don't know. That, that's just been very eye-opening to me. Yeah. I mean, I think it can be, I think it can be, um, discarded as a vain yeah. issue. Yeah. Right. I mean, and, and really, I think sometimes we treat people that way. Mm-hmm. Well, you're just, you just want to be really pretty and yeah. that's ridiculous and, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But nobody wants to be really pretty and die. Right. Yeah. I mean, they don't, you know, and so it's, even if it's that, even if it is vanity, and you're right, I mean, the increase of eating disorders in men, and I, I wish I had this percentage in front of me. I don't have it, but I think it's like doubled in the last wow. 15 or 20 I was years. Ask. Wow. Yeah. And, and wow. so, I mean, because we live in a culture of vanity, but at the end of the day, you, maybe somebody pursued this as, well, I'm going to lose a little bit of weight mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to look a little bit better. Right. Yeah. But then there's something that comes out of that. Yeah. Right. And I mean, and, and here's the thing everybody who struggles with anything is an individual. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> the motivation for getting there, however that happened, you know, I think we have to be really careful not to generalize. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, so maybe it started as that and then it was like, oh gosh, the attention. And then, but then it's something mm-hmm. I can't ever attain. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, if, right, if we know that I, all I know is Jesus thinks I'm beautiful and I'm good with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cause at the end of the day, I mean, that's what all gets stripped away because mm-hmm. your yeah. freedom can't come through anyone else telling you you're pretty enough or thinking that. Mm-hmm. And most people who struggle with this don't believe anyone anyway, mm-hmm. or this wouldn't be an issue. Sure. Um, and so, you know, it may start as just the small thing and then but we like make said, those agreements as we go and it serves you in some yep. way. Yeah. It gets reinforced. 
positive, negative, whatever that looks like. And the enemy's like, Oh, let's mm-hmm. no, no, mm-hmm. you need to do more. Mm-hmm. Right. And the same, the same voice that was like, you know, if you just did a little bit, that would mm-hmm. be great. Sure. Is the same voice that's like, but what if you did more? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And some of us have done that, I think with religion too. I mean, it, you can see this play out in a million different ways. Right. Yep. Well, if I spend 10 minutes with the Lord, you know, well, what if I spent an hour? What if I fasted one day and then, oh, maybe I need to do, you know, like yeah. just the thing of yeah. control. Mm-hmm. How can I make things happen? Yes. Right. So, yes. yeah. man. Wow. So, Brooke, I mean, this may be like a question that is near impossible to answer in a couple of minutes, but if there are people listening today that they're recognizing or they have already recognized in the past that this is something that they're in the middle of struggling with. Like this is, this is a current struggle in my life. Um, if you just had a few minutes to talk with someone, what are some things that you'd encourage them with? I think one, I mean, if somebody's listening to this, I mean, they're probably like, wow, they're really, you know, this is a very complex thing. And so we of course want to honor that. Um, but if someone is struggling with this, I think the, the reality is, is that, you don't have to live this way, right? Mm -hmm. That's the number one lie. There's nothing you can do. You've tried everything, you know, um, because most people that struggle with it are aware of it at some level. There's Mm -hmm. a small percentage that don't see it. And that's, you know, a whole different thing, but that you've tried a different, tried all the things, you know, to try, Mm -hmm. you know, but that submission piece to the Lord is really difficult for Mm -hmm. people who have been able to control life Mm -hmm. through this, you know, thing. Mm -hmm. And so, I think really it would, my encouragement would be just consider sitting with the Lord and, and thinking through if I am safe with him, what mm-hmm. could that look like? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. if, if he is safe and, and I always take this back and I know if you listen to podcasts, probably get sick of it, but, and examine the character of God mm-hmm. and allow him to show you, you know, that he is safe and yeah. that it is okay to, to allow him to come into that place. Um, and then of course, if somebody, if you're medically not okay, you know, just, <laughs> please allow someone to, mm-hmm. to walk through that with you. Mm-hmm. And then obviously, you know, if you are a female between 13 and 32, mm-hmm. our doors are open, give us a call. Yeah. You know, we would love to walk yeah. alongside you in that as well. And, mm-hmm. and it doesn't always mean like it's not, it just all gets figured out, but sometimes it's just that small step of, okay, I, I, I think I can allow someone in and hopefully it's mm. the Lord. Right. So Mercy Multiplied exists to provide opportunities for all to experience God's unconditional love, forgiveness, and life-transforming power. Our residential program is for women ages 13 to 32, and our outpatient services are for women ages 13 and older. Both programs are voluntary, biblically-based, and completely free of charge. Our goal is to help women in our programs permanently stop destructive cycles, discover purposes for their lives, and experience God's unconditional love, forgiveness, and life-transforming power. If you or someone you know would like to apply to one of our programs or you'd simply like to find out more information, you can start by heading to our website at mercymultiplied.com. So, okay, now on the flip side of that, I don't know if it's a flip side, but if... If someone is aware of someone in their life who is struggling or they think might be struggling, um, I mean, I know that I can I can speak to this on a personal level that I look back and when I was in my younger years, there was someone I was extremely close to who it was it was really apparent mm-hmm. to all of us that something was not right, that something 
I mean, it was very obvious and it's just so crazy when I think back on it. It's like nobody wanted to say the hard things and nobody wanted to ask the hard questions and nobody wanted to lean into that because it was awkward. And to be honest, I think there were a lot of us that were just like, we don't even want to recognize that this might be a thing that this person is struggling with. So we just kind of, I don't know, almost turned a blind eye to it. And it's just crazy because now this person is is healthy and is in a good place and actually looks back on that season and is like, I'm. I'm still struggling with some bitterness over the fact that no one asked me Mm. what was going on and no one asked me, you know, if I was okay. And that's been very hard for me um, to realize, like, I, it's like I knew it, but I just didn't want to, I didn't know what to do and I didn't know what to say. So I just kind of like, Oh, just keep going on with life, you know? And it's just, it's crazy when I look back on that. But so for anybody who's listening, who is going, I think I know someone or there's someone I need to talk to and they want to do it from a place of, of obviously love and grace, but also to be able to ask some hard questions. What would your, what would your encouragement be to them? Yeah. I mean, I think number one, you know, is, is if you see something, you know, and thinking, I mean, we kind of, I didn't really finish my sentence there, but go with me. Like there's usually two sides to it. There are the people who just pretend it's not happening because mm-hmm. everybody's fine and everybody's mm-hmm. going to be okay. And there's a phase or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And that's, I mean, that's a tendency. And I'll say this from a parental standpoint, because you just want your kid to be okay. Yes. And so a lot of times that's why now at least we do not see intervention until things are very bad. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, wow. that's the higher percentage, right? Is after the suicide attempt, after the hospitalizations, mm-hmm. then, you know, we, especially here at Mercy, I mean, we've got like 98%, I think, have been in treatment before they've come here. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the other side is the over obsession with it. We've got to fix your food. We've got to fix your food. We've got, you know, and kind of taking it, that whole thing and working out your own issues through your kid, you know, and so I'm saying that from a parental standpoint, but if, if you're, you know, with somebody or, you know, they are, I mean, yeah, just don't be afraid to kindly just be like, are you okay? Mm -hmm. I think even saying one, please don't diagnose them. You Mm -hmm, know, don't mm -hmm. do that. I mean, it's just at a very basic level. It doesn't matter what the label is. Somebody's either okay or they're not. Yeah. And saying, you know, I've, I've got some concerns here and maybe they're like, well, no, I don't think I'm fine. And, and, you know, y'all have heard me say this a lot too. Would you consider goes a long way? That's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Would you maybe consider just thinking this through? Like I've seen some things and, and I'm just, you know, pretty worried about you. Now, of course, if we're talking about it's time to go to the hospital, mm. then with anything else, you do what you need to do and you take right. somebody to the hospital. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I think just being open a safe space and they may not talk to you initially. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think we all know this, but if you go to somebody and go, Hey, I'm seeing something. Sometimes they'll be like, man, I've just been waiting for somebody mm-hmm. to ask. Yeah. Other times they're like, no, yeah, <laughs> they yeah. are not ready to just like, let me tell you, I guess just thank you. Yeah. And now everything will be okay. Well, That's kind of the example yeah. I used is like, I didn't realize until yeah. 20 years later that this person's like, I wanted someone to ask mm-hmm. me. Right. Right. And because if they're living in this, they're not okay. Right. Even on their own, they're not communicating well because it's coming out this way. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and so, you know, I think just offering that and if it doesn't go well, meaning just be like, Hey, I love you. I'm not trying to offend you. I just need you to know I'm here. Yeah. And that, and that I'm paying attention. And yeah. so if you're not good, you know, so good. let's figure it out. And you don't have to have all the answers if they're mm-hmm. like, okay, well, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. Well, you have the space to go, I don't know. Let's go pray about it. And let me go yeah. see what I can do. Mm-hmm. Call us. We have referral sources. If it's mm-hmm. not a fit mm-hmm. for us, you know, or we're here if you need it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's a lot of places you can go to figure out how to walk somebody alongside yeah. that. You don't have to, don't have 
you know, your case prepared, right? Before right. you go. Um, and then, you know, if it's a level of like a real intervention, like you've seen on TV, you know, then there are professionals that help you set that up and mm-hmm. say like, what do we need to do to save this person's life? Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes you got to go to those levels and it's interesting. People really will. I'm just so worried. They'll be mad at me, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and what we say is, you know, yeah. And they'll be alive to mm-hmm. be mad at you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Mm-hmm. And then they can heal and forgive and right. get on, you know, but we need them alive to right. be mad at you, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it, but it is, it's uncomfortable because when you care about somebody, you just, you just want them to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then if it's something like you said, you miss the boat, then you go back and go, man, yeah, sorry. Yeah. You know, and just, yep. I mean, we're not perfect. So good. Yeah. that's good. That's so good. Thank you, Brooke. Um, that was really helpful. And I hope for you guys too, that you could take this episode and find some practical things in there, but also send it to somebody, send it to a friend that has been looking for answers and helping maybe somebody in their own life. Um, where do I start? I don't even know where I would start with helping somebody with an eating disorder. And so that was kind of our uh, goal with this today was just to give you guys a really practical resource that you could take and go, Oh yeah, mercy does this. Here's what a definition of an eating disorder is. Where could I even start with somebody when I think they might have an eating disorder? Where, what could I do? And then again, if this is something that you personally are struggling with, like Brooke said, our doors are open. Uh, easy way to find us is just to go to our website at mercymultiplied.com. And it's super easy to find out more information, to apply there. Uh, and we would love to be a part of walking alongside you in that, in that journey here. So thank you guys for joining us today on this special Minisode, I guess, episode Minisode, we're calling it. Okay. Yeah, a small, like you know, works. you know, a little extra in your week. So, uh, join us this Thursday. Uh, like Mel said, if you actually listen to the day that an episode mm-hmm. drops for real in real time. But if not, we will see you back here next time on Mercy Talk. We're so glad you joined us today. We'd love for you to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also find previous episodes there. Mercy Multiplied is a nonprofit organization completely funded by our donors. We're incredibly grateful and couldn't do what we do without them. If you want to find out more how you can partner with us financially, head over to mercymultiplied.com. <laughs>